scripture reading this morning is coming from the book of John, the Gospel of John, the 16th chapter, a few verses being read in our hearing. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All, all that the Father has is mine. Therefore I say, that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord for us, the people of God. This morning, on this Trinity Sunday, we are going to declare what we have come to believe. We are going to declare, not just for our own remembrance, but so that others in the body can be reminded that we are a people of the Trinity. We believe in God our Father. We believe in Christ the Son. We believe in the Holy Spirit. He is our God, three in one. We believe in the resurrection, that we will rise again. For this we believe in the name of Jesus.
for a declaration of truth on this Trinity Sunday. Trinity Sunday is the only Sunday of the liturgical calendar that is given to preaching doctrine. It is one that certainly is a challenge for many preachers. Doctrine. Doctrine that our lead pastors are often best to unveil to the congregation. And yet I'll be privileged this morning with this task of sharing God's word on this, this Sunday. The Sunday that follows that of Pentecost. It is called Trinity Sunday because following the 50 days from Easter and the 50 days from Pentecost, pardon, the birthing of the church took place. It's that moment that Jesus promised his disciples would come. It's that moment that they experienced. It's that moment that we reflected on last Sunday, on Pentecost Sunday. The disciples were instructed by our Lord and Savior to tarry in Jerusalem until they be endued and clothed with the blessed Holy Spirit. It's in the Gospel of John, the 15th chapter, that we are reminded that when the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also will testify for me, for you have been with me from the beginning of the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to the disciples. What a shift that has taken place as we had noted prior to his ascension. When the disciples were yearning to see God establish the kingdom, his kingdom of the earth, restore Jerusalem to its rightful place, and the authority of God's rulership, dismantling that of the Romans' authority, only to have Messiah responded to the disciples that that is not for them to know. Those times and seasons are in the hand of the Father, but this he would have us to know, that he will empower us, he will clothe us with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, so that you and I, his disciples, would be able to engage in the work of the ministry. In Pentecost, Sunday certainly reminded us of that. And today, on this Trinity Sunday, we understand it as Trinity Sunday because we now have the full manifestation of the Godhead. The three personalities of God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, we know that throughout the Old and the New Testament, we can see glimpses of the activity of the Holy Spirit, of the activity of the Godhead as a whole. But in particular, we understand that the giving of the Holy Spirit last Sunday as we reflected on that, marked a shift. It marked the full practical display of the activities of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Trinity Sunday is this Sunday. 
that we acknowledge that the work of salvation, apart from all the other things that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are engaged in, but the work of salvation is the work of a triune God. All three personalities engage in such. Christianity, unlike any other religion, certainly has given us an insight into the relationship of intimacy that the creator of the universe longs to have and he does have with his created ones. That's you and that's me. Bless his wonderful name. It's in John 3, 16 that we're reminded that it's God who took initiative. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe in him will experience life and life more abundantly. It is Christ who willingly laid down his life so that you and I can have new life in him. And it's the blessed Holy Spirit whom the Father has sent as the Son was ascended on high. It's the Holy Spirit who is here to accompany us and to guide us as we journey through life. As we journey on from day to day, experiencing life in its ups and its downs. Experiencing life with its heartaches and with its peaks of joy. We are not alone. John 16, as we read, Jesus declared to the disciples, I have many things yet to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. It's the scripture text that we are focusing somewhat on today. And encouraged we ought be that the many things that were yet to be displayed came to us in the form of the New Testament. For it's the Spirit who would remind the disciples of what Jesus taught them. It was the Spirit who will also guide them in truth. It is the Holy Spirit who will show them of things to come. Is that what the Word says? When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will teach you on His own authority. Whatsoever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare it to you. It is the blessed Holy Spirit working through the disciples that brought to us the Gospels as they wrote as the Spirit of God enabled them. It was the Holy Spirit that guided them, guided them into all truth, as we would read in the epistles, whether it be first or second John or Timothy, that those wonderful books in the New Testament. And it is the Holy Spirit who have given insight of that which is to come. And there we saw in the book of Revelation an insight into things that unless the Holy Spirit had given insight into such, we would not be the wiser. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And as the redeemed ones of the Lord, we worship all three. We worship the Father, we worship the Son, we worship the Holy Spirit. Now, you may come to some who have this morbid view as to the Father, as though He's just waiting to zap them when they mess up. He's just waiting 
to condemn us. But that's not true. That's not the image of our God. They're harmonious in their love, in their word to us. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I often would be taken back during evangelism times when the question would be posed often as it was then to young adults whether they would prefer to deal with the Father or that of the Son, only to have many respond, let me deal with the Son, not the Father. As though the Father is just waiting to hurt us. But I have good news to remind us, the Father loves us. You and I are in love with an everlasting love. And beneath us are the everlasting arms of the Father that continues to sustain us. What manner of love He has bestowed in us, that you and I can be called daughters and sons of the Most High God. Beloved, we are the children of the Most High God, even though it does not yet appear what we shall be. But this we ought to know, that when Christ appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him just as He is. It is the Word of God for you and I, the people of God. As I think of the Holy Spirit and the, the place that He takes up within the Godhead, Inasmuch as doctrine can be a, a very, a very strenuous in, in undertaking to unpack that, I see that where we are as a people is not for more verbiage. It is not so much for more of the letter. But we all within the body of Christ can experience more of the transformation power of God. That's what he yearns to do in the lives of all who yields to him. God wants to transform us so that we can experience being taken from glory to glory to glory in God. And there is joy in him. And there is depth as well as there is height in him. And that's why for you and I on this journey with God, it ought to be an exciting one. It ought to be one of new adventures as we go on from day to day. Someone once wrote, walking with Jesus, there is no greater thrill. For walking with Jesus calms my heart like nothing else will. And some people would say there is no God, but you and I know that's not true. Because He lives within the heart. He lives within the heart of you, me. Let's be still and hear Him speak. <laughs> as you listen quietly, walking with Jesus. Yes, we live in an age of such inundation of stuff, with a few touch on a screen, on the computer, or on the phone, one can have a deluge of information on any particular topic, even within the context of the church. What we all need experience more of is the transformation power I reiterate that God avails to us his word transforming you and transforming me so that we be all that he would have us to be I said so that we be all that he would have you and I to be the spirit of truth has come and he is guiding us into all truth and he speaks not of his own authority, but that of the Father. Now, we find throughout the New Testament, uh, as well as the Old, the Spirit speaks of himself. It's not that he never says anything with regards to himself, 
but he doesn't say anything that is contrary to that of the Father or that of the Son. So we get to clearer, deeper understanding of the Father and the heart of the Father as we spend time with the Son. And how do we do that? As we spend time in the Word. It's the Word of God that gives us a clearer insight into who God is and what He has called you and I to experience as we journey through this life. I close by reminding us from the life of the one of the disciples, the power of God at work through the person of the Holy Spirit. It was uh, during my seminary experience that I encountered an older professor who directed one-on-one, -on -one, myself and him, directed me to the pages of the Book of Romans. In the book of Romans, we will experience what often, as believers, most of us wrestle with. It was Paul in Romans who would speak of the things that I yearn to do and I find myself not doing. And if you would read, as uh, you may already have done, throughout the seventh chapter of Romans, and take your highlighter or your reading pen, and just circle every time you see the word I, I, I. It's amazing. It will be a wonderful experience for all of us to do again. Because as we see ourselves, as Paul saw himself, as he wrote out of the experience of his journey of the eyes, I will not take time to go through them, but encourage you to look into the seventh chapter of Romans and see your struggles fall saw his. But then turning the page into the eighth chapter of Romans, you, as I did, would be pleasantly surprised to see the shift that took place from the I to that of the Spirit, from the I to that of the Spirit. Because I in my own strength, and you in your own strength, We'll find ourselves often being stagnated along this journey. It is the Spirit of God, the Blessed Holy Spirit, that tabernacles in you and in me as we come to faith in God through Christ, that enables us to be victorious, strong, as we walk from day to day. And therefore, we ought to be a people that are indeed are joyous because of, of that joy that is on the inside of us. We ought to be a people who are experiencing continuously. Yes, sir, we will experience the pitfalls along our journey, but we will certainly be able to celebrate those peaks of victory. The resurrected Christ, hallelujah, who displayed himself to the disciples, showing victory over death and over the grave. What a testimony that was. It's the one who promised the Holy Spirit will come. Is the one who kept his promise and the Spirit of the Lord did descend on the disciples and empower them to be a greater witness for him. It is that same Spirit that is available to you and I today. It is the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit who is at work yet in the body of his to enable you and to enable me to be victorious in him through Christ by enabling of the blessed Holy Spirit. Spirit. 
And so, brothers and sisters, we are more than conquerors indeed through Christ who enables us and grants us the strength. We can go forth in the strength and in the victory that is ours through Christ and the enabling of the Holy Spirit to be the witness that God has called us to be, to carry this gospel, to share the love of Christ, not just with one, but with all. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. And amen.